Boy, that was a game, huh? Ben, Chip, we're still here at Lambeau Field where the Vikings just lost 37-10. to 10. Did I get the score right? Yep. Because, Ben, at some point the score just stopped mattering. You, too many to not enough, as my dad likes to say, was the, uh, the final result of this one. And we're surprised by that. Sean Mannion, we were surprised that I, yeah. he could not throw a forward pass. I don't know that we should be that surprised by any of it. It, it. I just finished writing my game story, and it felt a lot like the 2014 game on a Thursday night, Mike Zimmer's first trip here. They played the game without Teddy Bridgewater, who had sprained his ankle the week before. Matt Castle, who was already out for the year. They started Christian Ponder on a Thursday night here, and Ponder had just an awful first half. It was like 35 nothing at halftime. Packers basically were able to coast most of the second half. If this was Mike Zimmer's last trip to Lambeau Field, it felt like a bookend to that game. And that, to me, is the most concerning thing about it because Mike Zimmer, in a lot of ways, was brought in for one reason, to fix the issues that lead to such a big gap between the Packers and the Vikings in this division. And for a while, it looked like they had closed that gap. In fact, they had, winning the title two times in three years from 2015 to 2017. And then they were in the mix to win it in 2019. And then they get beat at home against the Packers on a Monday night. And then they really haven't been a factor since. We are back now to the spot where you have issues with the quarterback in terms of, is he the long-term fix? You have issues in your secondary once again that looks as bad as it was when Mike Zimmer took over. And you couldn't get to the quarterback really at all tonight. And that we know why some of those things are. But a lot of the same issues they had when he came in have come back around. And maybe that's just the the circle of life in the NFL. But uh, we are right back in a lot of ways to where we started eight years ago. While the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting brighter at the Minnesota Zoo. Welcome to the second annual Nature Illuminated, presented by Wings Financial Credit Union. This narrated drive-through experience will immerse you in an enchanting world of brilliant, oversized displays of your favorite zoo creatures, all illuminated in fantastical layers of light. This one-of-a-kind experience is truly wild, only at the Minnesota Zoo, December 2nd through January 16th. Reserve your tickets at mnzoo.org. It's not the circle of life for coaches who last, right? I mean, no. who, who make it longer than eight years, and that's kind of where Mike Zimmer just seemed dejected. At the, I mean, this has been this way, I guess, Ben. We've talked about this after a few of these losses now, from the Lions at Ford Field to the Rams to after tonight, where uh, the offense was abysmal with Sean Mannion. We'll get to Kellen Mond in a second at some point. But the, Mike Zimmer trying to save his job puts out Sean Mannion in that offense and it just completely takes every step backwards and flames his OC afterward by saying we didn't run the ball enough. Yep. Strafes the GM by saying I have no interest in seeing our rookie quarterback in a meaningless game uh, in, in the season finale next week against the Bears. Um, and um, the players, though, put, that, put it on themselves. And I just think I don't know where – uh, you can go here but blowing this up, Chip, because this right now has just been kind of, as Ben said, very cyclical. Yeah, I mean, this is <clears> – it feels like they've reached a point of no return, right? I mean, this is – I don't know how you run this back. Yeah, I don't it know would be what, hard, to, hard to sell that. What would Ziggy and Mark Wolf be able to do to stand up and convince the fan base that they're going to stay the course and and have people buy into it? The fan base is apoplectic at this point. And to me, I wrote this for my column tomorrow, is to me Zimmer made two strategic 
blunders going into this season and he thought was going to be the path back to the playoffs. He thought the offense is great. Don't worry about the offense. We'll just fix the defense. Well, he overinflated how good their offense was that year. They didn't even finish top ten scoring. And so you gave an unproven coordinator the job when he wasn't ready. I mean, it's clear that Clint Kubiak was in over his head. And then you're a, head, you're a defensive head coach, and your defense is terrible. I mean, they're, they're, they've made – I think they're five points better defensively scoring, but you look at their total defense, rush defense, um, that secondary who Spielman and Zimmer handpicked, these veterans have been flops. And so it's a coaching and personnel thing, and I don't know how you run it back. You can win with the 10th-ranked offense in the league – if you have a representative effort on the defensive side of the ball. You cannot win on a level that matters if you are asking the 10th-ranked offense in the league to go out and try to win games every single week. If you have the third-ranked offense in the league, maybe that works. If you have a team that can go out and score 35, 40 points every single week, Maybe that's going to get it done, at least to get you in the playoffs. We've seen the Packers do that before. That year they went 15-1. and They scored on everybody. They set NFL records, and then the one time it didn't work, they got beat here in the playoffs. So you can at least make a run like that. But if you're 10th in the league there and you're at the bottom of it defensively, you're going to be where you are, where you're fighting to get in and you, you have too many games that don't go the way that you need it to, and you're sitting there saying shoulda, woulda, coulda, and – I guess, yeah, it comes down to what the Wilfs are going to tolerate. Are they going to say, we're okay, staying in the middle? I think in, for a while they've been able to say that because fans have, have said, okay, we still believe in this, it's been steady, all that stuff, that's great. But at this point, it's hard to sit there and say that they're steady and that the roster is in good enough shape to run it back. And the thing is, financially, they can't run it back. They have mortgaged so much money into the future – that even trying to put together a roster that's good enough to run it back next year is going to be really, really difficult. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the roster's imbalanced, and they even admit that. It's top-heavy, it's two-tiered, whatever you want to say it. But it comes down to one thing. If you're the Wilson, you're like, where is this going? After eight years, where is it going? Like, what signs do you have that they're ascending to something? I mean, if you're being honest, you can't sit here and say they're on the track to a championship because they're not. Also, what signs do the Wolves have that this group together is working well together, is going to find the solutions together and, and troubleshoot where they need to go from here? And because Mike Zimmer just saying at every chance and every turn, it's the coordinator's fault, it's the you know blaming personnel. I mean, it's not. It's you hear publicly, it's rarely his fault. And behind the scenes, you hear some of the same stuff. You hear a lot of that behind the scenes. And so that it's not his fault. I just. I don't know how you can think that this group together and think, yep, that's where the direction this franchise needs to go. At some point this evening, the first-round center had the longest catch of the night at 21 yards. <laughs> at some point this – when I should mention that now two straight losing seasons, they haven't been above 500 at any point in those past two years. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The easy thing is going to be to change coaches. I mean, that's yep. – you saw Zimmer tonight, his body language. He knows what's coming. This – to say we're just going to change coaches is not enough. Nope. It's not enough. That that's that's basically saying our personnel was was good enough, and you're you're showing if you're going to allow Rick Spielman to hire another coach, well then you're 
you're putting all your stock in Rick Stil- Spillman for X number of years, right? You're not going to let him yeah. hire a coach and then fire him the next right. year. That exactly. makes no sense. And so, to me, it has to be a clean sweep. It, it just needs a fresh start. Just start over, top to bottom, find a new regime, because it's just time. Yeah. yeah I mean, yes, you're looking at a, a probably, if you have a new head coach, a probably at least a three-year commitment, maybe four. So at that point, you're going to ask Spielman to reboot the quarterback thing again, probably, um, because I, I think if you're talking about a whole overhaul of the whole thing, you're not going to be effective in whatever time Kirk Cousins has left. I mean, Kirk Cousins is 33 years old. If you're talking a four-year process, and, and maybe – there, there's arguments to be made. They're not that far away. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, you got to re- overhaul the defense again. But you know, maybe you say we can have this thing competitive in two years. All right, but then you got to make a decision on Cousins again. He's 35. I, if you're going to go do the quarterback thing again, don't you want to get somebody in here that has had some success, or maybe even just a different approach to how you're going to handle a quarterback? I, I just think Spielman's track record with that has been uh, it's a lot of the reason they are where they are because they haven't been able to solve that problem and it would it would seem hard for me to believe that somebody would look at that and say yeah let's let's go try to do this again when you're going to have that same question because we I mean we sit here and talk about it after 2013 when they fired Leslie Frazier it was well their secondary is not very good they don't they got to figure out who the quarterback's going to be they have a great running back to build around, and they didn't have the receiver at the time. But then they went and drafted Cordero Patterson. But but yeah, it was we have a great running back. He can help out a young quarterback. At that point, they had a good offensive line, and they had some talent in terms of Everson Griffin on the you know up and coming as a pass rusher, and and, and Xavier Rhodes in the secondary. Harrison Smith was young, but a lot of the same issues are back and. Again, maybe that's the NFL life cycle. But tonight, it felt like a... I wrote this in the game story, too. This felt like an anthology of issues we've seen pop up against the Packers. 2014, when they didn't have the quarterback and they were overmatched. I mean, that's going to happen. But the question of who's supposed to be shadowing Devontae Adams, is Patrick Peterson supposed to be shadowing Devontae Adams, or you know, when are we going to do that? It wasn't as dramatic as 2016, but it made me think of 2016. And the question of are we going to run the ball enough felt like a thing we've heard a lot. Yeah, and, and speaking of handling the quarterback situation, on a micro level, Mike Zimmer went about went about it in, in, the, in terms of Kellen Mond, who we saw make his NFL debut, throw his first NFL passes this evening. We saw this happen when it was, I believe the score was 37 to 10 at yep. that point. And Mannion was cramping no, in but, his right hand. So we didn't know this, at least I didn't at the time. You look down and naturally think, oh, they're getting a look at, at right. Kellen Mond here. Meaningless you know, game, garbage time. Let's see what the rookie has. That was absolutely not the case. Manny was cramping, as you said, in his hands. And he says he's chugging pickle juice on the sidelines, furiously trying to get back into a game where they're down 27. Because this game means a lot to Sean Manny. It was a big opportunity for him. Uh, but Mike Zimmer wanted not to make it an opportunity at all for Kellen Mond. And Zimmer was asked afterward, well, do you want to see this rookie potentially next week in a game that has no playoff implications? And Zimmer said, not particularly. And then Chip, I think you asked him, why not? And he just goes, I see him every day. <laughs> I mean, what did you think, Chip, when he said that to you? Well, I, I know Zimmer was mad and frustrated. I thought it's a terrible way to – I mean, 
whatever you think about your rookie quarterback, if you think he's awful, just say, I don't think he's ready. Sean Mannion is more prepared to play in a game than Kelmon is. But it, it's a shot at the rookie. It's a shot at the GM. It's a shot at your own coaching staff that you draft a guy in the third round and you're playing Sean Mannion. I mean, did he not watch the first three quarters where it couldn't look any worse than it did? And so, you know, as I wrote, go get him, Kellen. We're all behind you. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I just, you know. It's Zim being Zim, and he was frustrated, but I'm sure – how do you think that makes Kellen Mond feel? You well, know? yeah. I mean, and it goes into the whole evaluation of the whole thing. If you are trying to chart a course forward and being the, the messenger and all of this kind of stuff, and we'll see that. I mean, the Wolves 100% will see that press conference if they didn't see it when it happened live. Um, they, they 100% will see that, and I think that – probably is going to be you know, one of the things that goes into the whole decision that has to be made here. Because his act and Zimmer's act, this this kind of almost childish at times defensiveness uh, publicly at the podium where you see guys like guys half his age or even more so, Tyler Conklin coming up there and handling it in much more uh, you know kind of composure than Mike Zimmer did. And yeah, he's an emotional guy, but as Ben's saying, that public image, that, that means something. That, can, that means something to an ownership who's trying to not be embarrassed by their 7-9 team. Now, one disclaimer here, because I can already hear the comeback. Yes, those of us who cover the team do appreciate people who are honest and direct with things. There are times where when Mike Zimmer, and it's not just when he you know says something juicy. That, that'll be the, the pushback we get. It is extremely helpful and i we appreciate the the fact that when he says hey this was supposed to happen on a play and this didn't it makes it easier to tell fans what happened i think it makes it easier for fans to understand what happened that that's a good thing but the team also is looking at some of this stuff from a messaging perspective and that type of message i think is a tough one to have come across well and i just don't I don't know why you couldn't just say we didn't feel like he was ready or he's ready for that moment or this is a tough spot for a rookie or it even next week would be a tough spot to throw a guy in unless but to just say I'm not particularly interested in seeing him at all I mean it just, it just felt like um I don't know what he was hoping to gain by it you know I don't he probably didn't care what it how it came across I, I think Zimmer was about it that hard yeah and like so was upset yeah I mean he was he was clearly I mean his whole press conference lasted three minutes so um and we should say too like I mean, you sign up for the job. It's a tough job, but I can't imagine just on a, a human level that standing out there in that cold with that amount of noise coming from Packer fans and the cannon that they somehow added to Lambeau Field that sounds like it just – the first time it went off before the game, I thought, did, is there some kind of a security issue? Is, is, there, is this building under attack? I mean – so all of it between the fans, the cold, the noise, and seeing your team lose that badly, knowing what was at stake, I don't think would put any of us in a terribly good mood. Nope. Nope. I don't think it would either. And so, yeah, Ben, before we go, is there anything else that we need to get to off this game? Because they're obviously eliminated from the playoffs. Philadelphia won. That locks them into that sixth seed, or seventh seed, I should say, in the NFC playoff field. The Vikings are going to enter a week where – it doesn't even sound like they're going to evaluate their their third uh, round rookie quarterback because um, if if Kirk Cousins is back, which he can be, I would expect to see Kirk at that point. 
uh, to try and get them back to eight and nine. But is there anything left to say, I guess, from from Lambeau Field here? Well, I I think the the big thing that I came away with it was, I mean, like we talked about this this sort of catch the Packers thing that they wanted to have done. We are we're right back to this looking like a really really big gap between these two teams. I mean, yes. The Vikings didn't have their starting quarterback. Yes, they beat them at U.S. Bank Stadium when they had Cousins, but the, just these sort of philosophical questions of what do we want to be? The Packers, I think, know what they want to be, and everything is easier when you have Aaron Rodgers. I get that. But there's still this sort of push and pull with the Vikings that doesn't seem to be going away, and this even the talent on the roster, I think we've gotten back to the point where there's a fairly large – expanse between these teams and I think that's probably the most concerning thing and this could all flip if Aaron Rodgers is gone next year I mean that that's the thing that makes the biggest difference but I think we're right back to looking at these two teams as as Dan Barrero likes to say that the and he uses it as a bit but they have everything and we have nothing um that you know it's a bit it's an exaggeration but we are heading back toward the point where that phrase uh, is back in the conversation again. Yeah, and Green Bay's situation looks a little bit better without Rodgers than the Vikings situation does, I would think. I mean, I know Green- Minnesota's roster is talented, the skill position, especially uh, for Minnesota, but when you've got a young head coach in Matt LaFleur who has won like 13 games every year he's been here, and I understand it's with Rodgers, but it's also with an offensive system that he had to sell a, a Hall of Fame quarterback on and build around with running backs that if, if Jordan Love were to step in, you probably have more confidence in, in doing that than Kellen Mond and Clint Kubiak, who just, again, tonight seemed very in over his head and, and didn't have much of a plan and got – this is one instance where I'd have to agree with Mike Zimmer that maybe feeding Dalvin Cook a little bit more might have helped a little. Yeah, a especially little. when it's 6 nothing. But at the same time, probably wouldn't have mattered. So – it's just one unnecessary strafe from Mike Zimmer that could be uh, a final one for him in Minnesota. But we will be back this next week to talk about uh, the season finale for the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. It'll be against the Chicago Bears. Certainly, you'll be tuning in. Maybe you should get off the podcast. <laughs>